Good morning, Antioch Brighton. My name is Nikki Benoit, and I lead our Delta Youth Ministry here. This morning, I have a little seasonal winter story for you. So when I was a kid, back about elementary school, my parents enrolled me in ice skating lessons. And you're probably familiar with the type. They were down in a local ice rink, and there, there was kids in hand-me-down bike helmets, old hockey helmets, hodgepodge of knee pads and wrist guards. And the first day, they tell you it's free skate. So you've got all these kids unleashed on the ice, skating around, stumbling about, while the instructors are going around assessing uh, where everyone's skill levels are. At some point, an instructor would come up to you, this little colored dot sticker, I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about, and they would pop it on your forehead, indicating the group that you were gonna be in, uh, because the color of your sticker indicated your level of ability. So I was then who I am today, still in many ways, and I pretty quickly identified that there was a highest group, that we weren't just free skating around for fun, and you better believe that that highest group is where I wanted to be. So if I fell, I was hiding it from the instructor and scrambling to get up really quick, and I was trying to figure out how to do stuff on my own, so then when the instructor was looking, I could show off my best of my best, and they could be amazed by my ice skating prodigy-ness. Uh, and so rather than viewing the instructor as someone who was there to help me learn and grow and teach me, I started viewing that instructor as the gatekeeper between me and my future onward and upward ice skating career. I got so focused on getting to this highest level of skating, the elusive blue group, uh, that I forgot why I was there to learn to skate. I think the program was literally called Learn to Skate. And I didn't really learn to skate. I'm a pretty scrappy skater. My stopping, it's pretty 50-50, whether it happens or not. I got so blinded by where I wanted to go that I didn't pay attention to how I would actually get there. I prioritized my desired outcome over my process. And if you Google studies on focusing on process instead of outcome, you will get a myriad of hits of everything from professional actors to sports psychology to educators and business journals, all talking about the merits of focusing on process rather than outcomes. And there's wisdom about um, those that you supervise, or even your children, as you coach them on setting goals, to encourage them to set goals based on process, what they can control, rather than uh, the outcome. Or if you're giving feedback to someone, to give feedback on how they approach something rather than that end result itself. So today we're looking at the book of Ecclesiastes, where the author paints a vivid picture of how ultimately everything in life is fleeting but he offers us what we're to focus on and how we're to respond. We can't fully examine and unpack all of the themes and intricacies of the artwork that is Ecclesiastes, but we will look at today how God is more concerned with our process than what we'll call our pursuits. And to make sure we're all on the same page, what we're talking about here, when we're talking about process, we're talking about our attitude, our heart, how we respond to things, our how and our why. And our pursuits are those things that we're actually doing. The where, the what's, the where's, the when's, our everyday life circumstances. 
So let's take a broad look at the book of Ecclesiastes. So Ecclesiastes is uh, this book in the Old Testament, a relatively short book that's sandwiched between uh, Proverbs and Song of Songs, and it's one of the wisdom books. If you've ever read Ecclesiastes, uh, it doesn't strike as the most encouraging book off the bat. That's because most English translations, mine included, NIV, the first header is everything is meaningless. Uh, some of the first text says meaningless, meaningless, utterly meaningless. Everything is meaningless. And one by one, fill in the blank is meaningless, topic by topic. Wisdom is meaningless. Pleasures meaningless. Toil, working hard is meaningless. Advancement is meaningless. Riches, meaningless. So we have this teacher that has gone in search of a life of meaning, has achieved these things. But one by one, he goes after these common things that people look to find meaning in life. And he says, they come up short. They're meaningless. He uses this phrase, a chasing after the wind. But this word meaningless that's used so many times in the book of Ecclesiastes, that, that Hebrew word that's actually used there is hevel, H-E-V-E-L, hevel. And while it can translate to mean meaningless, it also can translate to mean a vapor, a mere breath, temporary, fleeting, doesn't last. And so uh, the author offers us other bits of wisdom saying we are to work hard and uh, there's moments in life where, where we can enjoy simple pleasures of life or when we can feel content with our lot in life. That's a gift from God and to enjoy that. Um, but ultimately saying all these different things, they don't last. Uh, at the very end, the last two verses of the book, uh, chapter 12, verses 13 and 14, the author says this. Now all has been heard. Here is the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. For God will bring every deed into judgment, including every hidden thing, whether it is good or evil. So the author hits us with this great three-part conclusion of how we are to spawn. He says, fear God, keep his commandments, and know that every deed will be judged. So what do we see here? We see relationship, fearing God, knowing God, boundaries of keeping God's commandments, and this accountability and promise, knowing that every deed will be judged. Ultimately, that this promise that one day God himself will clear away the hevel, the temporary fleeting things, and show us what's real, what's good, what's evil, what's of him, and what's not. So what's this mean for us now? God cares so much more about our process than our actual pursuits, how we respond to things, how we approach our everyday life with the disclaimer that we are accountable for what is entrusted to us. And God does care about what we pursue, but our process, our hearts, our attitudes, that is his ultimate priority. And we can't do this alone, and God doesn't want us to. In order to keep our eyes focused on our process, we need relationship and vision from God himself. So today we'll look at our need for relationship and our need for vision from the Father. 
So uh, on staff at Antioch, we have these things called our equipping values. They also can be referred to as operational values. And these values inform how we want to do ministry, how we want to work together and be on teams. And these values are things like having compelling clarity and taking the time to patiently apprentice. And the whole vision behind these values is this statement that we use ministry to make big people rather than using people to make big ministries. I'll say that again. We use ministry to make big people rather than using people to make big ministries. And so the whole idea and concept is that ministry working together gives us a vehicle to do discipleship, that it gives us more surface area to partner with the work that God is doing in someone. And while we want to work hard and diligently and reflect God in excellency as we work on our various projects and events and initiatives, what we really care about is the heart work that's happening. The work of our hands itself is not the main focus. Here's the deal. We're not the authors of this thought. God himself does this with us every day. God lets us have our lives of a lot of hevel, fleeting, temporary things, things that don't last, but that's not his priority. And so in order for us to prioritize what God prioritizes, how we respond to our everyday lives, we have this need for relationship with the Father. And so similarly to the equipping values of Antioch, New England, our everyday life can be a vehicle for conversation with the Father. Our work, our family, our relationships, our school, however we define success, these things that are typically hevel, when put on the throne, they create this chasing after the wind scenario for us. But on the flip side, if we take these things from our everyday life, our emotions, our questions, our struggles, our joys, our, our challenges, and our sorrows, we bring those before God and unpack them with him. We let him comfort us. We can let him express his compassion. We can experience God himself grieving with us and rejoicing with us. Ultimately, we can let him reveal his heart towards us and our world around us, reminding us of who he's made us to be, of who he is, our why. We have something that's not hevel. Our ultimate pursuit as Christians is to be face to face with Jesus one day that goes beyond the fleeting temporary things of this world. But we can feel this lack in our lives when we put the hevel above the relationship and our response with God. For me, what this looks like in my life, what it comes out looking like is jumping on that hamster wheel. I'm going faster. I'm doing more. I'm chasing after things. Uh, but the void in me is growing bigger and bigger. Is chasing after the wind, these after these hevel things, rather than focusing on how I'm responding to those things with God. 
and we know the measures that God has gone through to be in relationship with us through the gift of Jesus, to be, to have access to unbroken relationship with the Father, the gift of the Holy Spirit who is with us always and, and who promises to guide us into all truth, not heaven, truth that lasts. So God cares about our process. God cares about how we approach things so much more than those things themselves. And, and we need relationship to focus on that process. And God wants to do it with us. But we also need vision from God to do that. So sometimes our hevel things, these temporary fleeting things of life, they can be blinding and tempting. Sometimes our hevel things mundane and monotonous. We can live with idols or discontentment. We can make ourselves our own God. We can live out of legalism. I think in this COVID season, for many of us, our pursuits, they're not as flashy and shiny right now. Many of us are in the day in, day out grind and our circumstances and our situations are not what we had expected or hoped for. Many parents have been thrust into this role of homeschooling, playing principal and teacher and school nurse and lunch lady on top of roles of mom and dad and working jobs. For others, it's working from home and figuring out the, the um, specifics of working where you sleep and eat and dynamics with roommates and family. Our social lives look different. We just went through a holiday without some of our beloved traditions, without being near loved ones. And in the midst of this Antioch uh, Brighton baby boom, we have so many families having babies and, and they can't have their family and friends meet and hold the newest additions to their families. So Antioch Brighton, I want to ask, how are our hearts? How's our process in this day in, day out? How are we approaching the things that God has entrusted to us right now? I know I'm struggling and I need some vision. And so God offers us that vision when he speaks. God offers us comfort and clarity. He might not speak into the minutia in which we dictate or expect, but he often speaks into what he's building, into what he has for us. In terms above the hevel, oftentimes above the fleeting and temporary, because God himself does not change and is eternal. So in this world of fleeting, there are good days and there are bad days. Things come and things go. We have a God who does not go and promises to reveal all. God cares about our process way more than our pursuits, but he does care about those too. Ultimately, our jobs, our money, our success, even our relationships typically don't last a human lifespan. They definitely don't last through eternity. But the attitude with which we're approaching things, our hearts and our souls before God, those are not heaven. Those are eternal. So in order for us to approach this prioritization of process over pursuits, we need relationship and vision from the Father.
My experience, the most efficient way to do that and get that is to talk to him. So in this time of New Year's, uh, where typically people are pausing for reflection and they're asking questions like, who do I want to be? And what do I want to do? And how am I going to get there? Uh, we encourage you to do the same. We're going to provide a devotional resource, a way for you to spend some time with God um, with some suggested questions of to look back on these last few months and year with God and ask questions like, God, would you show me what you have been building in me this year? That's not heaven to last. God, would you show me what you've been teaching me to look ahead and say, God, what do you have for me in 2021? Um, and if feeling, if hearing from God feels hard for you, we're going to have a resource in that devotional that uh, talks about, it's going to be a four-part video series, has a coming handout that talks about um, what God's voice can sound like, some common hindrances to uh, not hearing him and ways to combat that. So we'll have that as well for you. Another way that you can respond is to meditate on Ecclesiastes uh, 12 verses 13 through 14, to ask God to reveal what this means for your life. Take that verse and journal with it, sing it, memorize it. In the book of Ecclesiastes, God contrasts what is fleeting and what lasts. And he provides us with a framework, an invitation, and a promise that he ultimately is doing in us. That, that he invites us to partner with this thing that lasts in us. So I'm going to give you 15 seconds here uh, to think about when you are going to get some time with God to figure out, to look at that, la that last year and this year ahead, to get a chunk of time to, to get this much needed vision and relationship time with God. I'll give you 15 seconds here, figure out when you can do that in these next couple weeks. So I invite you to ask God to speak into some of the things he has for you. So together with the Father, you can focus on the process rather than the pursuit so your heart doesn't get tossed about and lost in the heaven.